if you're looking for the hack, if you're looking for the cheat, you're not that invested in the result. If you are looking for overnight success, you don't care about success that much. You haven't committed to it. But it does appear to be the fastest, strongest who wins or most intelligent because usually it's the person who's the most consistent that ends up the fastest, the strongest, and the smartest because they stayed in the game long enough. Welcome to Next Level University. I am your host, Kevin Palmieri. And I am your host, Alan Lazarus. At Next Level University, we believe in a heart-driven, but no BS approach to holistic self-improvement for entrepreneurs. We bring you seven episodes a week, six of which are solo episodes with Kevin and myself, and one world-class guest to help you level up your life, your love, your health, and your wealth. Self-improvement in your pocket every day from anywhere for free. Welcome to Next Level University. Next Level Nation, welcome back to another very special, as always, weekly live Next Level You podcast for week number 91. We are talking about adopting a never quit mindset. Uh, I believe in it so much that I have it tattooed on my arm, never quit. So I remember Alan told me that he, the first time he saw my Instagram handle, what, what did you think when you first saw Never Quit Kid on Instagram? best Instagram handle ever. Uh, there, there were moments where I saw that handle and I was like, that's one of the best identities to have mm. is, is someone who is resilient and can persevere. And Kev, you've definitely been the never quit kid on this journey. I appreciate that. I appreciate that very much. It is. And that's something I was going to make a point of this, adopting it as your mindset, your identity, Yes, but what we're going to talk about today is how to do that. Obviously, if you want to have the never quit mindset, it has to become part of your identity and that will happen over time. For Alan and I, and I'll just start Alan, the number one thing in my opinion, the most important thing if you want to adopt any mindset is you have to have a massive level of necessity. So I was on a call with somebody recently and we were talking about how for the first time in five years since Alan and I started this journey, I'm not losing my mind every week about where the next paycheck, where the next client, where the rent check is coming from. I'm not losing my mind because things have been really good for us lately. Now, grateful, we're going to continue working for it. We're going to continue earning it. But for the past five years, I have had an unreasonable amount of necessity. And I don't believe people have enough necessity. I believe if you give yourself a way out, you'll take it. I remember when I was working at the gas station back in the day and I was training to be a fighter, people always used to say, what's your plan B? And I said, I don't have a plan B. I don't, I don't know. My plan A is to become a professional fighter. If something happens and that doesn't work out, then I'm going to figure it out because I don't want to have the opportunity for an emergency exit because I'm more likely to take it that way. So this first point, make sure you have some level of necessity. If you want to really lean into having a never quit mentality, really make that your identity, you have to have a reason to. And it's, it's easy to quit when the reason isn't big enough, when you have something more comfortable to go to. There's a bunch of you right now who might not like your jobs or 
you might not like your relationship or you might not like something you have going on, but the necessity isn't enough for you to make a jump. And I believe it's like that for a lot of us with our goals. When there is nothing else, you cannot quit. When you have nothing to go back to, quitting isn't an option. So you don't necessarily have to put yourself in that boat, but I can tell you with certainty, one of the reasons Alan and I have the level of quote unquote success we do today is because there were no other options. And when there are no other options, it's easier to show up every day. And that is what we are talking about today. Imagine there's two people. One person wants to run every day for their good health. The other one tells all of their friends and family that they're going to do a marathon in three months and they invite them all out. Who's going to end up running more consistently? It's going to be the person who has more necessity, the person who's afraid to be embarrassed, the person who's afraid to let their friends and family down. That's what Kevin's saying with necessity. Put some skin in the game. You'll be surprised what you're capable of. That's why coaching is so valuable because when you pay, you pay attention and you're paying for accountability. You're paying for someone to be looking over your shoulder. Again, increasing necessity. You're paying for necessity. The first point that I wrote down here, and again, this is adopting a never quit mindset, is number one, decide in advance to play the long game. We all know the story of the tortoise and the hare. We all know that the hare was arrogant, the hare took rests, the hare was more talented, but the tortoise ends up winning the race. I'm telling you, when it comes to the long-term compound effect of positive decisions over time, it's the person who's slow and steady and consistent that eventually ends up the winner. I remember um, I wrote this one time. It was, it's not the smartest, the strongest, or the fastest who wins in the long run. It is the most consistent, but it does appear to be the fastest, strongest who wins or most intelligent because usually it's the person who's the most consistent that ends up the fastest, the strongest, and the smartest because they stayed in the game long enough. And so again, decide in advance to play the long game. Stop with this. I was in book club on Saturday and I was telling everybody about this because we're reading a book called Atomic Habits by James Clear. It's about how the small daily disciplines can compound into a completely different life. If I went up to Kevin five years ago and said, hey, Kev, in five years, you're going to have a global top 100 self-improvement podcast. You're going to have a 13-person global virtual team. You're going to have hundreds of thousands of listens all over the world. You and I together are going to have 40 plus clients. We're going to have graduated 50 people from group coaching, 40, about to be 50. And you're going to be tracking 23 habits a day, every day, and you're going to be so consistent that you're going to be one of the most consistent people on earth. Kevin would have been like, what? Mm. Of course not. Of course not. The difference between that Kevin and this one is that this Kevin chose to play the long game. Kevin wasn't looking for overnight success, right? You can do the same thing. If I talked to that Kevin five years ago and I said all that was going to come true, he probably would have thought I was crazy, but he's still stuck in every single day. And Kevin and I recently did this exercise where we went back to my calendar. We had my calendar up. We went back to one year ago and then another year before that. And we realized how much we've grown. It's like wild, but it feels like a long game. It is a long game. If I were to jump from 2019 Alan's calendar, which only had five or six calls on it, to Alan's calendar now with 46 calls or whatever in a week, I would have literally 
probably quit. The key is to play the long game, to slowly and incrementally improve and to understand that nothing is going to come fast. And if it does, it's going to be luck, not consistency. And to touch on Alan's point, this is one of the things I, I had written down here. I got an email recently from somebody who said, hey, we'd love to collaborate and whatever it is. I don't know if they wanted to be on the podcast or sell me something, whatever it is. And in the email, this person said, I'm actually the author of a book and the, I don't remember the exact title, but it was something along the lines of make money while you sleep. You've heard of six minute abs, I'm sure. Alan and I have talked about the banjo minnow. We've talked about how that jeffed Alan back in the day. What do all these have in common? They're setting you up to make you believe that things are going to be very easy. They're going to come very quickly and you're not going to have to be resilient. From the beginning, you have to understand that the people who make it look easy didn't always. And most of the people who are trying to tell you it's easy are trying to sell you on something. Because it's not easy. It's not going to be easy. It's never going to be easy. How committed are you to the result? Because in this weird way, if you're looking for the shortcut, if you're looking for the quick fix, if you're looking for the pill, if you're looking for the hack, if you're looking for the cheat, you're not that invested in the result. If you are looking for overnight success, you don't care about success that much. You haven't committed to it. A relationship is another great example. Taryn and I, Sunday, we did our New Year relationship goals. And we went through our relationship agreement and we talked about finances and we talked about the things that we want to happen in 2022. It's constant growth. It's constant commitment. So you have to continue to check in with your goals. You have to check in with your ambitions. You have to check in with why you're doing what you're doing in the first place. When your commitment starts to go down, you're going to want to quit. And if your commitment isn't high enough, you're going to be looking for the easy way out. And I will tell you, the easiest way out is quitting. There's a quote that I saw. It's from a, a fighter. His name is Chael Sonnen. And he said, the people who say quitting is not an option are liars. Quitting is the most available option. It's the easiest option. It's the option that is always there unless you decide it's not. And that is the truth. Quitting is always available. We could have quit. You could quit. So you have to check in with your commitment because if you're not committed in the first place, you're going to quit. You're going to have far less reason to continue. It's not going to make any sense if you're not committed to the actual outcome. The second thing that I have written down here is it has been, it has to be bigger than you. Kevin and I talk about this all the time. We talk about how you have to have a lot of why power. He talks about how if there was a hundred dollars in a burning building and he said, go in there and get that hundred bucks, you'd never do it in a million years. But if I said, if he said your friends and family are in there, you'd go in in a heartbeat. It has to be bigger than you. There's only so much motivation. And again, this goes back to what I said about the marathon, right? Inviting your friends and family who you care deeply about and you're afraid to let them down, you're more likely to run consistently. You're more likely to do your best. You're more likely to show up daily. Here's another good analogy for this. It has to be bigger than you. Kevin and I have this cheat code and, and we don't talk about it enough. If I miss an episode, Kevin misses an episode. And if Kevin misses an episode, 
then I miss an episode. We hold each other accountable. We don't want to let each other down. I can almost guarantee you with, yeah, I can almost guarantee you if it wasn't for that, Kevin or I would have missed in the last 840 episodes, at least once. Okay. We're committed to each other because we both said from the get, we'll, we will never miss. I was in the car driving home from the gym last night with Emilia and I turned to her and I said, um, just out of curiosity, have you and Bianca ever missed? Have you ever missed an episode? They're like, nope. I've said, so wait a minute. You've done one episode a week, every week for a year and a quarter and you've never missed? She's like, no. I said, I remember when that was a dream. I remember when she first came to me and said, I want to start a podcast and Kevin and I were already a couple hundred episodes in. And I said, you're, you're incredible. You're intelligent. You're beautiful. You and Bianca are going to do awesome. If you can't be consistent, you will not succeed. If you can be consistent forever, there's no version of you not being insanely successful. And I remember saying that more than a year and a quarter ago. And here she is. I, I think they're like 85 episodes in or something mm-hmm. like that. Absolutely doing awesome. Big things start small, but it has to be bigger than you from the get. It has to be a bigger mission from the get. Emilia and Bianca didn't start a podcast just to start a podcast. It was always so much bigger than that. Kevin and I didn't start a podcast just to start a podcast. As a matter of fact, I took Emilia this weekend through many of our backend systems and some of the software that we're going to create at Next Level University. More to come on that. But she's like, holy crap, people don't understand what you guys are building yet. It's always been bigger than just a podcast. And whatever your dream is, whatever your goal is, you have to make it bigger than you. Even if it's as simple as getting a gym partner who, if you miss the workout, they miss the workout and you feel bad. That level of accountability to yourself, accountability to your mission, accountability to your community, accountability to each other... Books for Babes is another great example during the holidays. If I fail, that means the kids are let down. That means Emilia is let down. That means all the donators, all the people who donated their hard-earned money are let down. I will not fail. That's why December is such a hard month because on top of the holidays, we're also doing the philanthropy. Worth it. Totally worth it. It's bigger than me. This podcast is bigger than me. If you want to adopt a never-quit mindset, it has to be bigger than you. We are inherently, yes, we have selfish needs, but we're selfless creatures once our selfish needs are met. If you want to tap into the full motivation capacity that you have deep inside of you, it has to be so much bigger than I want to look good on the beach. It has to be so much bigger than I want that house. It has to be so much bigger. Any parent can tell you they would do more for their kids than they will for themselves. It's it's human nature. You have to tap into that. And there's something empowering about taking the ownership too. I was talking to Taryn the other day and we were joking about how I've been very spotty with my diet lately and I haven't quit dieting, but there's something empowering about knowing that if I want to succeed, it's up to me. And if I don't get the results I want, it's because I quit. There's something empowering about understanding that if you keep going long enough and you have a growth mindset and you're willing to learn and you're willing to explore and you're willing to do something I'm going to talk about here in a minute, that success for you might not be quote unquote inevitable, but the likelihood is way, 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 way higher. 
part two of that, surround yourself with people who are also focused on not quitting. If you're around people who say, ah, you know what? You don't have to do that. You shouldn't be doing that. Why are you doing that? That's a waste of time. You're never going to be successful. Then you're going to quit because everybody around you is going to convince you that what you're doing is not the right thing right? Alan and I, multi six-figure business now. Again, very grateful for that. But so many people in the beginning said, you can't make money podcasting. If we listen to that, we may have quit. If we listen to the people who had a lot of influence over us, we may have quit. So that's a whole nother thing. Community in every single one of these live podcasts, in every single speech we've ever given, in every single recorded podcast we've ever done, community fits in with every fundamental we talk about. And so doesn't this. I remember three and a half years ago, four years ago, I saw Joe Rogan and Aubrey Marcus, Joe Rogan podcaster, Aubrey Marcus podcaster, entrepreneur. They had these really nice teaser clips. And if you don't know what a teaser clip is, just imagine me cut into an Instagram reel, 30 seconds of me saying something inspiring with music and cutscenes and uh, subtitles. Just imagine that. I had no idea how to make those, but I remember seeing Aubrey Marcus and Joe Rogan, and I said, that's something that we need because that will help us grow the podcast. And Alan said, yeah, there's this program. It's called Adobe Premiere. I have access to it. For some reason, I don't know why Alan had access to it. He was paying for it for some years because he used to like to do his YouTube videos as well. And he said, there's some stuff you can do in there. If you YouTube it, I'm sure you'll figure it out. It took me 16 hours to do a one-minute teaser clip. Now, for those who don't know what a one-minute teaser clip is, it's nothing extraordinary. I didn't have a bunch of really good graphics. It was bare, like bare-bones, basic, just me talking into the camera, and it took me 16 hours. My laptop broke. I had to go buy a new laptop, but I kept going. The point I'm making is everything is figure-outable. Google, YouTube, they have been my best, best, best friend throughout this entire journey because you can always learn. You can always figure it out. StreamYard. We switched from Zoom to StreamYard because we wanted better quality. Everything is figure outable. We wanted our podcast to sound better. We have new microphones. I watched an hour and a half's worth of videos on which microphones to get. Everything is figure outable. When we did our taxes, when we built our website, when we traveled, when we were trying to get guests, when we were trying to get on other shows, everything is figure outable. And you have to have that type of mindset if you want to avoid quitting. Because again, if you have the identity of when things get difficult, I find the easy way out, you will always end up quitting because 16 hours in front of my laptop, YouTube, Google, that was very, very difficult. But the thing that a lot of people don't understand is when you quit, you lose a ton of opportunity for growth. You, you lose a ton of opportunity for lessons. So when you're quitting, you're actually setting yourself back, not just quitting and stopping, but also you lose everything you would have learned if you kept going. So if you can shift from, I have no idea what to do, I can't do this, to I will figure out a way to do this, everything is figure outable, you are far less likely to quit because you'll stay in the game longer. And the longer you stay in the game, the more opportunity you have to find a way to win as long as you have the right mindset and as long as you're looking at the problem the right way. Most innovation actually happens after frustration. 
that's a really, really important thing to understand too. I mean, even if you look at customer service, right? So, so let's say there's something about the iPhone that bothers you regularly. I'll give you an example. Why can't we unsend messages on iMessage? More importantly, why can't we unread iMessages? Let's say you read an iMessage that you are like, oh, I can't answer this right now. So let me mark it as unread so that I can go back later. Nope, not a feature. Why? So frustrating. Somebody should be emailing Apple saying, hey, I'm so frustrated that I can't unread my iMessages. That's how Apple can now update the software. So someone please email them. No, I'm just joking. But remember, frustration comes from never quitting. And when you're frustrated, you innovate. You improve. You change your systems. You change your processes. The next level you team is constantly in a state of minor frustration. And it leads me to my next point. You have to learn how to make failing fun. Now, I want to give Kev a lot of credit for this one because he... It's interesting. His level of humor increases as his state of overwhelm increases, which is very, very fortunate because um, it has it has made this journey so much more fun than it would have been. Um, I'm a pretty serious guy. I get very intense, um, and I definitely can be playful as well, but I've adopted a lot of that from Kevin. I swear to God, he gets funnier as the pressure gets greater, luckily. On the NLU team, we literally have a group in WhatsApp called Out Here Jeffin. What does Jeffen mean? When Kevin and I were in our second studio, first studio was my sister's old bedroom. Second studio was my mother's basement. Kevin used to come when I lived with my mother and he was supposed to say, I am here whenever he arrived. One time autocorrect said, I am Jeff. I said, I am also Jeff. And now we're always out here Jeffen. We talk about Jeffen forward. (laughs) So, If you want to adopt a never quit mindset, you have to make failing forward fun. Not only fun, but you have to make it funny. I can't even tell you how many times when we're traveling or how many times when we're struggling or how many times we were supposed to record four episodes and didn't, or we're up late filling group coaching, or we're up late trying to fill our next event, or right before this when we don't know what we're going to promote and we put the little banner that says next virtual event and we don't even have room for the name of it. You have to make failing forward fun. 840 episodes. I just surpassed my thousandth coaching call. If I didn't make failing forward fun, there's no possibility I could have done that. Okay. We have a group in WhatsApp called Out Here Jeffin that is literally about the struggles, personal struggles, family struggles, relationship struggles. It's also about fun too. The key here is that we have a Jeff and forward mentality. We, we have a failing forward mentality and we've made failure so fun that we actually have a funny word for it. Is that what you do? Are you that thrilled to fail forward? Are you making the failures and the frustration and the inevitable brutal challenges that come with entrepreneurship or achieving goals or fitness or family? Are you making it fun? Emily and I have a running joke too, late at night. Like we actually want to one day maybe create a meme account and I'll just share one with you. But this is another way we make failing forward fun. Okay, we want to put a picture, uh, a a photo back to back. One is going to be Leonardo DiCaprio at the front of the boat in Titanic of what people think entrepreneurship is. 
and then him on the side of the boat like freezing to death as like what it really is at least for the first couple years that's making failure fun Emilia and I are fairly early in our journey. We're only five years in. The first five years are the hardest five. Statistically speaking, if you make it first through the first three years in starting your own business, the chances of you being successful go way, 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 way up. Same with a relationship, an intimate relationship, okay? The first three years are the hardest three years. Why? No one knows who you are. No, you're not Tony Robbins. No, you're not Oprah Winfrey. No, you're not Ellen DeGeneres. You're a no-name just like at one point Oprah was, at one point Tony was, at one point Ellen was. The point I'm making is that if you don't make failing forward fun, you're gonna quit. You have to make it fun. You have to make it funny. And I'm so, so, so grateful that Emilia and Kevin are both have a phenomenal sense of humor. And the NLU team, again, out here Jeffin all the time. We're Jeffin forward. Our next event, we're gonna be out here Jeffin. We've made it funny. We've made it fun. And that's why none of us are going to quit. Hello, my name is Eddie Pinero. I'm the founder of Your World Within. And I wanted to take a second and just express how valuable working with Alan has been, uh, both personally and professionally. I think uh, his ability to help me create clarity and, and maintain focus on my big picture goals has been huge. Um, but also, and this is just as important, you know, he's been a huge asset with the roadmap as well the day-to-day things, the little things that we sometimes overlook. Uh, And those two things in tandem have been a huge lift and uh, just a tremendous return on investment. And I think anyone looking to, um, you know, grow themselves, grow uh, a business or or both, um, you know, would truly benefit from having Alan as an ally along the way. Uh, Again, great mind, but more importantly, solid dude. And that goes back to the culture the culture of the team and the understanding that Alan and myself, excuse me, as the leaders, quote unquote, of the team would rather see somebody try and fail than not try and succeed. You'll never be reprimanded for trying something beyond what you're capable of and failing because that's where all the lessons are. And that's how you adopt a never quit mindset. I remember Alan and I, we talked about this recently, but I don't think this is something I've told on the, the live podcast before. Two and a half years ago, maybe, I had the opportunity to get a client for Next Level Podcast Solutions. And I had a phone call with this person Mm. and it went really well. And this person is very wealthy, a multi, multi multi-millionaire. And I sent over the proposal and I said, it's $1,500 a month for what you're looking for. And I think it was a $1,000 startup cost. And he emailed me back and said, let's do no startup cost and $1,000 a month. I'll pay you for four months up front. And I said, absolutely not. It's $1,000 to start and it's $1,500 a month. And this person never spoke to me again. And <laughs> Kev, one sec, you left yeah. one thing out. What he also up? offered to oh, sponsor yeah. us on yeah. his show mm-hmm. for every single episode. Yes. And this person is, uh, let's just say, well fairly connected. large in the industry. Yeah, very well connected. Huge Jeffing in retrospect. <laughs> but when Alan and I talked about this recently, I was able to confront it and just say, yeah, that was a huge mistake. And not only was it thousands of dollars, so I lost us bare minimum $4,000 in the long run, hundreds of thousands of dollars, most likely. And I lost us a lot of opportunities. I lost us a potential mentor and an invite into rooms with amazing people. But I didn't allow that to affect my self-worth. And this is, I believe, the biggest part 
of adopting a never quit mindset is realizing that your quote unquote failures are not a direct representation of who you are as a person. They do not determine your self-worth. It shows a low level of awareness back then. I didn't have the awareness to play out, oh, we're going to get sponsored. It's $4,000 up front. This is a potential client for life. Who knows how many other possible clients this is. That did not go through my, my mind. I can now look at that with a higher level of awareness and laugh about it and say, wow, that was, that was very unintelligent of me. But I didn't know back then. A lot of us, I think, will go do our first speech. Alan and I know somebody who did their first speech. We shared the stage with them and it didn't really go well. And this person has never spoken since. That's not a never quit mentality. That's a quit mentality. That's a, I don't believe that I can do this. Not everything is figure outable. That's the complete opposite. That is the complete opposite of somebody who says, okay, my result did not go the way I had hoped. It maybe didn't go the way I had expected, but that does not mean I am any less capable. In the moment, maybe I don't know what I need to know. Let me go figure it out. In the moment, maybe I have not practiced as much as I need to. Let me go do that. Right? That's that's a huge part of it. I remember also, I had a job back in the day, Alan. I don't know if you know this about me, but I got a job as an HVAC assistant. So heating, ventilation, air conditioning. I used to work up in attics and run ductwork and set up machines for heating and cooling. And my self-worth got hurt so bad at that job because the people I worked for were not good human beings. The people who were teaching me what I was supposed to be learning always talked down to me. That hurt my self-worth when I didn't do well at that job. And that became part of my identity is if I make a mistake here, I will be laughed at. I will be made fun of. I will be reprimanded. Completely different. That job, I was, I don't know, 19 years old something like that, 17 years old. I was young, so I didn't understand this. But now, every mistake we make goes into the bucket of opportunity. It does not reflect our self-worth. And I believe that's an important distinction for you out there because oftentimes, the people that don't have the never-quit mindset are the people who lack confidence. And the people who lack confidence often equate not doing well to not being a good human, to not having a high level of self-worth. And that just isn't the truth. It just isn't the truth. If you're starting something for the first time, you're going to suck. If you start your podcast tomorrow, Alan and I should be better than you because we've done it 839 more times. That's okay. It's okay. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. If it we're not, mean we're in trouble. Well, we, yeah, we, if, if not, we're in trouble and this whole thing is going to come crashing and burning down. But understand that your result does not have to directly correlate with your self-worth. It will if you force it to, and you will be holding yourself back if you do. I have a vision, Kev. This will Please. be fun. And this is just an imaginary Are we going to close? Do we have to close our eyes and, and put our hands up? No, no, no. You don't oh. have to. No, no. Everybody keep their eyes open, okay. especially, <laughs> especially if you're driving. driving. Uh, your dream car, the AMG GTR or whatever. I'm so proud of you for remembering. Thank you, brother. Yes. Thank you. Okay. So this is my vision, all right? Mm -hmm. that, that same company that you worked for that talked down to you. Mm. I picture you rolling up, right? Rolling up, bumping some, some, some. Next beats. level you. Next level you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like it's like a hot summer day, and they're all sweating and like struggling, right? Especially the one that talked down to you the most. Mm -hmm. 
and then you roll down the window and, and it's obviously not a crank window right <laughs> and then you go how'd that work out for you pretty good <laughs> and then you drive off i'm believe, just saying believe it or not alan and this yeah. they went out of business and oh, total shocker i remember total shocker i remember every friday and this is not an exaggeration this, this is 100% true. This is verified. We used to have to race to the bank. And the last one to the bank, their check usually bounced. And it was the same guy every week. Yeah. 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 So a little bit of A couple of rock solid business owners. Yeah. Sounds like some strong leadership over there at, at uh, HVACU. You know? All right. So <laughs> I, I digress. Okay. The fourth point that I wrote down here, and this is a hardcore one. And I, I really, again, this is layered. We start with the easy stuff and we go deeper, deeper, deeper. Number four, contemplate the unacceptable alternative. The unacceptable alternative is being less, giving less, having less, becoming less, doing less. When I was 26 years old, all of you know that I got into a, a tough car accident, unless you're a new listener. When I was two years old, my father passed away when he was 28 years old in a car accident. And so I grew up my whole life hearing stories about John, okay? So when I got in a car accident when I was 26, and I normally show the pictures of my car because this was not a fender bender. I mean, this thing was beyond totaled. Fortunately, I was driving a 2004 Volkswagen Passat, which was, I used to call it the tank. It was a steel trap, German engineered car. Both airbags deployed. My cousin and I were okay physically. But mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, I was absolutely devastated. There, that doesn't even do it justice. And here's why. My father didn't get a second chance. And when I was 26, and I saw the pictures of my car, I've seen the pictures of my dad's car, and they don't look very different. So this was very, very real of like, that could have been it. And I had to sit there with all the guilt and remorse and shame from not maximizing my potential. Now, was I a bad kid with bad intentions? No. I had big goals. I did really well in school. I was good to my friends and family. I had pure intentions. But the truth is that I was poisoning my brain. I was drinking too much and too often. And I was partying and I was squandering my gifts. Okay, I don't squander my gifts anymore. This brain is very, very powerful. I'm very, very blessed to have it. This body is very, very healthy. I'm very blessed to have it. Now I take fitness very seriously. I take my brain health very seriously. I take sleep very seriously. I'm not up late drinking and I'm not hung over and I'm not poisoning my mind and body. Contemplate the unacceptable alternative in advance. I often talk about how Kevin and I had our midlife crisis early. We were only 26 when he had suicidal ideation and I had that car accident. It woke us up. It woke us up to the poor choices we were making. You want to adopt a never quit mindset? We used to say this all the time. You'll never get to hell yes until you contemplate hell no. You have to contemplate what it would be like if tomorrow was it. Would you be proud of yourself? Would you be proud of the choices you made? Would you be proud of yourself for allowing fear to stop you from quitting that job you don't like? Or allowing fear to stop you from trying that thing you want to try? We're not going to regret. And I know this from experience. I'm not just saying this. This is not a quote from a fortune cookie. This is from experience when I thought I almost died. You are not going to regret the things that you tried and failed but you are going to regret 
not maximizing your potential. You are going to regret squandering your gifts. You are going to regret drinking too much and too often or doing drugs or whatever. Those are the regrets I had. You're never going to hear someone say, oh, I really wish I had exercised less. I really wish I had, you know, read less books. I really wish I hadn't tried so hard in school. You're not going to hear those things. When it comes to maximizing your potential and helping others do the same, you're never going to regret that. When it comes to living a life true to yourself, you're never going to regret that. So here's what I'm saying. You want to adopt the never quit mentality? You need to contemplate the alternative. The alternative is be less, give less, have less, become less, not achieve your dreams, not achieve your goals. Be like everybody else. Will it be hard? Yes. Will it be brutal at times? Yes. Do it anyway. You'll be glad. You'll be glad you did. It'll be worth it. Last one for me. We got a couple of minutes here left. Stop avoiding discomfort. Start with something small that's uncomfortable. I was on the bike the other day. I was doing cardio after my workout. I did cardio before on the treadmill and I was like, oh, I want to do the bike. I haven't done the bike in a long time. And when you don't do the bike in a long time, your legs are barking at you. And my legs were saying, no, 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 we're not going to do this. We're not going to do this for 20 minutes. And I sat with myself and I said, I, I want to enjoy this. It's okay to struggle. It's okay. I think people, people convince themselves that suffering is a bad thing. I was suffering on this bike, but I was suffering for a good result. I was suffering for something valuable, something that was productive. And again, that might be a little bit dark and it might be too much for some people, but your level of struggle will expand as you expand your relationship with discomfort. The more okay you are with discomfort, the less you'll be willing to quit. So my last point, and I have this written down, understand why do you want to quit in the first place? I wanted to quit on the bicycle or the, the bike because it hurt. My legs were burning and I didn't want to do it anymore. But maybe you want to quit because fear of judgment. Maybe it's fear of failure. Maybe it's lack of clarity. Maybe it's lack of instruction. You don't know what to do. Maybe it's lack of support. Understanding why you want to quit in the first place in the root cause of that, I believe is, a, is an important step. Alan and I were sending messages for group coaching until 3.30 in the morning. I got home at 3.30 in the morning. Shout out to everybody who signed up for the fifth round of group coaching. Proud of you. Excited to start tomorrow. And the next day I woke up and I first thought I had was, I cannot do this today. I have 20 something things I'm supposed to do. I cannot do this today. And then I had a conversation with myself of what Alan just said. How are you going to feel tomorrow when you wake up and you didn't do the things that you know will help you get to your goals? Kev, yes, it's uncomfortable. Yes, you're tired. Yes, your state is off. Just do these things. Just push yourself and do these things. And I was very grateful I did. We had a podcast episode. I had a coaching call. I got all that stuff done. Kept the momentum. Get comfortable with discomfort. Even if it's small, dip your toe into the pool when it's cold. That'll help. Have a conversation that's difficult. That'll help. Amy in the mall. That's That was her adopting a never quit mentality. Sarah on the team, one of her favorite words is grit. That's her adopting a never quit mentality. Last but not least, again, we each have five points and they get more and more. This is designed to get deeper and deeper and deeper. The fifth point I have written here, I didn't know if it would land, but Kevin reassured me that it would. 
you have to be unreasonably obsessed with getting better. Because at the end of my speeches, I, I often end with this one quote, and it's too much verbiage on one slide, by the way, so I got to stop that. I just got to memorize it. But it's something along the lines of, I do not wish for you to have an easy life. I wish for you to have a challenging but deeply meaningful life. Okay? What would happen if we all woke up tomorrow with the physique of our dreams with no effort? What would happen if we all woke up tomorrow with a $1.5 million beach house with zero effort? What would happen if we all woke up tomorrow with the relationship of our dreams with zero effort? Would those things be valued and cherished? Would they be something that you can aspire to work for? And most importantly, would any of us have to get better to achieve them? Emilia and I do relationship talks and we've done them every single week for 70 plus weeks now. And it's so obvious to me and to her at this point that the quality of the relationship is entirely predicated on the quality of the character of each individual within the relationship. If the self-work is not high, if each individual in the relationship is not getting better every day, it's very, very clear why the relationship is not getting better. It all starts with you. Everything you say, think, do, feel, and believe, if you live in a free country, is a choice. That workout you didn't do, your responsibility. That healthy meal you didn't eat, your responsibility. See, Kevin and I, Jeff, we fail forward. We screw up. The team knows it. Our clients know it. Our girlfriends know it. In, in this case, Kevin's fiance. I got called out recently mm -hmm. for calling Taryn your girlfriend mm -hmm. once, so I'm correcting myself. They know that we're not perfect. Perfect is silly. It's not even real. Better is everything. I was with Emilia last night and I was taking her through the financial calculator exercise. Oh boy. Oh, here we go. Here we go. We're going to go quick. <laughs> you take $100. Mm -hmm. Take $100. Put it in a financial calculator. Grow it by 0.1% per day for 365 days and you have $147. Congratulations. You have almost no more money. Two years, 730 days. You have $207. Congratulations. You have almost no money. <laughs> Three years, 1,095 days, 0.1% improvement every single day for three full years. 365 times three, 1,095 days. You have a whopping $298. Congratulations. You're still not rich. That same money with 0.1% improvement every day for 30 years. 40 years, I'm sorry, 40 years, becomes $217 million. $217 million. Now, here's where it gets wild. Let's say you do the extra workout. You go the extra mile. You read the extra book. You put in the extra difficult conversation with your partner. And let's say you get better by 0.2% per day. Not 0.1%, but 0.2% per day for 40 years. It becomes 416 trillion. 416 trillion. That 
is the compound effect of these small, seemingly insignificant choices. You have to be obsessed with getting better. You have to be. Everybody does their best. I'm doing my best right now. I'm over time and I'm jeffing and I'm sorry. I'm doing my best right now. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to better my best. Everyone does their best. Not everyone reflects on it and then betters their best. Better your best every single day. And I promise you, you, if you never quit, you will be blown away in the long run at what comes your way. Last thing before we bring in AIM, and we'll have to hammer Alan, we'll have to do some lightning round questions. Most podcasts last between 7 and 21 episodes. Podcasting is not super challenging, especially in the beginning. It's partially the expectations, and it's this. It's the not having the never quit mindset. It's not having the why power. It's not having the reasons. There's been so many shows, I think out of the 2.3 million shows, I think that's where they're at now, 75% of them quit. They're no longer in production. So if you can make a couple shifts, you'll really set yourself apart from most other human beings because many people struggle with this. And we gave you a bunch of reasons why. Let's bring Amy in. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Next Level University. We love connecting with the Next Level family. So make sure you follow us on Instagram. I am at NeverQuitKid and Alan is at Alazarus88. Also, if you found value in this episode, leave us a review using the link in the show notes and please share this with someone who's ready to get to the next level. We will talk to you tomorrow.